Welcome to the e-commerce lab by Ecomsi. This is the place for everything related to Amazon private label and e-commerce. Learn exactly what you need to start or scale your business. Get insights from the top industry experts who will discuss the latest trends and best practices in the world of Amazon. From choosing products and sourcing from a supplier to setting up your Amazon account and marketing your business, you will hear it here. Let's get started. Here is your host, Vincenzo Toscano. Hello guys, welcome to another episode of the Commerce Lab by Ecomsi, the place of everything related to Amazon FBA and e-commerce. My name is Vincenzo Toscano, founder and CEO of Ecomsi, and today we'll bring you another session of questions and answers, which to be honest, we stopped for a little bit the sessions uh, between, you know, getting ready for Q4, this prime day that's right now happening uh, today and tomorrow. I'm being crazy busy, but uh, yes, I'm back. I'm here for you. I'm going to answer all your questions and I'm going to make sure to provide as much value as possible as I try to do always. So now before we jump into the questions and answers section, as we actually started doing uh, a couple of um uh, sessions be before um which was basically the section around the news and some of the strategies i have seen and things in the space and then for sure we're gonna start jumping into um the questions and answers so this to make sure i keep you updated with everything that i'm seeing happening in the amazon space okay so number one thing uh, i saw as a new change uh, which is for me personally on agency was a huge change and I wanted to bring that up from because I know some people didn't know uh, is that basically the search query performance uh, just a, a couple of uh, weeks back it was changed now uh, from being just at the brand level now it's also at the ASIN level and I wanted to highlight this because I feel for everybody that's doing constant uh, basically analysis of, of, of the search terms and then using that to optimize your ppc i mean i think this is huge you need to understand how people is finding your products how you dominate in the keywords what is your position in this keyword the add to cart the conversion all those kind of kpis now you can find at the async level which before it was at the brand level it was a bit more tedious to figure out all the data so that's one of the first changes um, that I've seen that is relatively new. And I would advise everybody to start using that at the ASIN level, in which everybody should be using this if you're a brand racer because it's, it's definitely game changer. And we've basically been using that in all the strategies. Um, I mean, the level of detail we get now is much more helpful for sure. Now, the second thing, which actually this for me was a... I like this new change, to be honest, because within our agency, we do a lot of you know, new campaigns on a daily basis. And sometimes, you know, it's difficult to come up with new ideas when it comes to specifically like videos, right? To try, to try video a type of campaigns. Now, Amazon released something that if you go to your Amazon a dashboard, like PPC dashboard, you try to create a campaign, you're gonna actually be able to see that Amazon now basically allows you to generate videos from basically the content of your account. What does that mean? It takes the images and the text uh, from your listing and all the information in the backend, and it basically allows you to auto generate a video. Now, guys, this is not a solution for for basically saying, okay, I'm not gonna hire a professional uh, in terms of videographer, videographer, and all of that. This is more a quick solution. Let's say on a daily basis, you want to try new keywords, you want to try a, 
uh, how you perform in different placement, uh, uh, different beds, or that queue with different basic creatives. Sometimes it's difficult to create those videos on, on 24 hour notice. So you can start with basically these uh, on the go videos that for sure they're not going to give you the same conversions as a professionally done video, but it's a solution uh, for all of you to get the, the, to hit the ground running, right? Especially for all of you that also maybe the body is a bit tight. And you can be spending all these 500, 800 plus on a video. This is a good solution that would definitely advise all of you to check it out. Now, other thing I wanted to bring to the table is return policies, guys. And this was quite shocking for me. And, and I'm going to tell you why now. Um, so for all the shoppers that now start shopping on from this Prime Day event, which is between the 11 and the 12 today and tomorrow, uh, customers are going to be able to return most products until 31st of January, right? Um, I mean, this is a bit concerning for some categories, specifically for categories that have higher uh, return rates, such as electronics. Imagine you making a forecast of your inventory and everything and sales, uh, and then you getting a, a big chunk of returns just in January, which you didn't account for because usually you consider returns on a monthly basis the 30 day period, now you need to consider this as well. So this is something that was actually announced around three days, four days ago. So make sure you understand now that customers are going to be able to return a uh, cost uh, products, uh, even pretty much after three months for products that are purchased during this uh, period. Uh, so those were some of the main things uh, I found the space for sure. Um, I mean, I'm going to be touching on other issues which I, I pre-saw before the session and the questions around UPC and all of that. I've been getting a lot of questions around that. So I'm going to jump into that as we start bringing the questions to them. Okay. Also, feel free to ask any questions if you're watching this live right now. If you're not able to ask any questions because, you know, you need to go back to work or you're busy or whatever, or having running, exercising, whatever, just send your questions to our social media channels or just by email at business at ecomc.com. And that's how we get actually a lot of our questions. So we basically put them on archive and we make sure we broadcast them on all the uh, live sessions we do for you, okay? Now, I'm gonna start bringing some of the questions to the table we received uh, over the last couple of days, and we're gonna start covering them uh, one by one, okay? Great, so let's see which one is the first question. So first question of the day, how to select the keywords I use for the alt text of my A plus content. So for the keywords I use for the alt text of your A plus content, uh, to be honest, usually what I try to do uh, with our team is that any type of keyword that you identify that, for example, you didn't, uh, you didn't have the space to cover those keywords on your bullet points title, description, and search terms, I would advise you to use this extra real estate to basically cover those keywords because it definitely helps for indexing. I know a lot of people say that a, a plus content doesn't index, but we have done multiple tests. And most of the time when we had a keyword that we didn't have before on the title, uh, sorry, on the listing in general, it's gonna help indexing. So definitely use that. And when it comes to selecting, I would say that if you if you have already used all the keywords and you definitely, which most of the time is not the case, but let's assume that definitely use all the keywords on your listing overall, then I would just put my main keywords, my main phrases, my main uh, search terms uh, to basically uh, um, just make use of that real estate. But most of the case uh, of the cases that we see when doing audited, 
uh, you haven't covered all the phrases and keywords, so you want to make sure you cover those. And sometimes think outside the box, like in USA, you would definitely want to go into Spanish keywords, in Canada, French, and there's always variations in formal type uh, of phrases and ways of calling a product. So you also want to make sure you cover those type of variations in terms of how the product is being described, okay? Awesome. Let's see which other question we have in here. How do you recommend using the search query performance report uh, for PPC? Yeah, that's actually a very good question. Going back to one of the news uh, and changes I announced, which is the search query performance now being at the ASIN level. Now, basically, what you can do uh, very easily is you can basically analyze which are the search terms that basically bring you the biggest amount of traffic. And based on that data, you can then decide, okay, what is your control on specific keywords? Because you need to understand that the search query performance give you things such as a, basically what is the click rate, what is the ASIN share, um, and basically what is the overall control on those search terms. So why this is important? And this goes back to a term I always bring on my podcast, which is keyword cannibalization. You want to make sure that on the keywords that you are dominating a basically um organically right that you're at top of the page organically and and you have already a big chunk of what we call the the market share sometimes it's not worth it for you to keep spending on advertising on those keywords because the reality is that uh, it might be that you are basically uh, giving them the chance to customers that were going to purchase from your listing anywhere by clicking on sponsor a uh, placement because the reality most people and i know this for a fact most people don't can see the difference um, between what we call a organic placement and sponsor placement. So you want to avoid that those keywords you control a very strongly, a very strong, basically remove a sometimes advertising and maybe don't have a top of the placement, maybe at the mid or second page and do split testing because sometimes you may see a, a decrease in sales. It all comes down to data and following what happens from them. Other things you can do with the search query performance report is the opposite. You can identify keywords that you start seeing your product being discovered through that mm -hmm. keyword. And then you can make the decision, okay, I'm being discovered by this keyword, but my basically my market share on this keyword is very low. I'm not getting as many sales as my competitors. My placement is very low. So how do I improve this? By getting sales velocity on this keyword. How do I do that? By controlling top placement. Then you go back to your campaigns. Oh, I'm Am I controlling top placement on this keyword? If not, you make adjustments on, on the PPC side of things. So that's why search query performance now, this is definitely your best companion when it comes to doing a PPC optimization because you start understanding uh, basically which keywords are performing for you and which one are not. And you can even take this data to do listing optimization, okay? So use those things uh, and trying to implement it. Uh, I mean, just keep doing your PPC optimization as you usually do it, but now use also the data from the search query performance to have a further insight of what is happening uh, at the more granular level on each keyword for your product. Okay. Awesome. So let's see. Uh, we have actually a question here. Um, great. Thank you for the live question, Hamza. So why nowadays Amazon making product with just one UPC and solution with? Yes. So basically, this is a, a new update by Amazon. Um, Amazon now basically now made it compulsory that all the uh, basically GT and UPC codes that you need to use needs to be GS1 approved. And that's why uh, I was mentioned at the beginning of the episode, which a lot of my of the questions we received throughout the week was, oh, how do I uh, fix it? What is the solution? So number one thing you need to understand is that if the 
the UPC you bought it like from a reseller on eBay, like most people used to do it, or this website I sell it for cheaper uh, rates. Most likely that is what is going to cause you the issue. So make sure you buy GS1 approved just for you. You have your uh, basically predefined prefix under your brand. And other of the issues we see is people coming to us and say, okay, I'm using a GS1 approved UPC code, but still I'm getting issues. And actually, uh, what we found after doing trial and error and trying to get some of the listings back for some of the clients that were having these issues is that we identified that when we went to the uh, registration where they did the GS1 uh, on the website, official GS1 website, uh, when they were describing the product, like let's say the brand was called um, Balloon, Balloon, okay? I'm going to put Balloon as a brand. And they were selling a water bottle, right? And the description of GS1, they call it Balloon Water Bottles, right? And then let's say on the title of, of Amazon, uh, you decide afterwards change the, the, the brand from Balloons to Watermelon, Watermelon Water Bottle, as an example, because there is a dismatching brand or sometimes the description of the product that is is one that cause the trigger of Amazon not identifying the UPC code because when you put the GS1, it goes through the database of GS1 and there is a dismatch in terms of what the product should be and, and the descriptions and you just give you an example, that is what is gonna cause you an issue. So the only solution around that would be either to change their, uh, basically the, the database uh, that is behind this GS1, which you need to reach out GS1 support and do the changes, or you will have to basically buy a new UPC code, which sometimes is not the best solution because you will have to relabel your product. But uh, that will also be a solution if, uh, let's say, you're still not, uh, you haven't started, uh, you have started doing the labeling of the product. You just uh, create a new GS1 UPC code with the right description and brand to make sure it matches as the listing that's going to be done on Amazon. So that usually solves uh, the problem. Okay. Awesome. So let's see which other question we're going to hear. Um, great. How to change my campaigns for Q4? So yes, this one actually very interesting that you uh, this question came up because I did and this for mainly for my Spanish community, but I'm gonna be doing one in in English soon. I did one uh, with Adrian Rangel uh, from Helium Tem. I think it was like last week if I'm not mistaken. And in this episode, what we did is talk everything anything that has to do with Prime, which was today and tomorrow, and Q4 had to get ready in terms of a inventory PPC. So check it out if you also speak Spanish. But going back to the question. One of the things you need to understand when going to Q4 is that you want to avoid uh, basically overspending for sure in things that don't make sense for your product and that you don't have data to back it up, right? So what do I mean by this? When it comes to a uh, PPC, usually Q4 is going to scale up very, the CPCs. Uh, and this definitely gonna be reflected on your ACOS if you don't take the uh, right action when it comes to adjustments. And sometimes you even see a drop uh, in, in purchase intent, right? Let, let's say, for example, now before Prime Day, we saw a, a slow uh, decrease in, in, in what we call the purchase intent, because usually what happens a lot is window shopping. Before this Prime event that's happening right now, a lot of people were just clicking around, comparing prices, adding to carts, and that's why you see those big jumping in clicks and then no sales. Usually with Q4, November, December, start happening the same. A lot of people start scrolling around, specifically if you basically sell products that are for specific seasons, like Christmas, toys, and things like that, you're gonna see a big of that window shopping. 
Uh, so that's why when you are preparing your campaigns for Q4, I mean, this is a very extensive topic. It's not like I can explain in just 30 minutes. It's definitely a long way when it comes to doing a proper strategy. But in essence, what you want to do in Q4 you stop doing any type of experimentation. Q4 is all about doubling down what has been working for you from Q1 to Q3. Basically, you want to take the keywords that have performed the best for you. Make sure you keep controlling those keywords. Ideally, for Q4, what you also want to make sure is to ensure your campaigns don't get super expensive and you don't rely too much on campaigns. So make sure that between Q1 and Q3, you position your pro as high as possible when it comes to organic ranking. Because if you rely less on PPC and more on the organic ranking, which is going to get a boost, those search volume on those keywords organically because of the extra traffic, that is going to allow you to also lower your tackles, right? So my main advice, which is it's going to sound very simple, but I see this happening a lot. And that's why a lot of people get born. Stop experimenting Q4. Stop doing these things of uh, testing new keywords that you never tested before or start doing a lot of broad uh, phrases automatic. If you don't have the data to back up that you want, you really those keywords could work for you in different uh, type of keyword match, because that's where you start spending a lot. and in basically the same type of test that if you would have done it before, sure, you will have gotten that data, but maybe three, four, or even five times cheaper. So why do it now that is the most expensive period? So double down what has working for you and make sure that uh, you keep a good control of those budget and, 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 and stick to your strategy because that's another thing I see. Some people say, okay, for Q4, I'm going to spend just as an arbitrary number 1,000. And then the C sets are not going uh, good. They, they jump into 2,000, 3,000 just because it's that feeling of missing out or sets are not coming, not coming. So if sets are not coming, sometimes it's a, it's, a, it's a more profound issue, like your listing, your offer, your images, things that sometimes it's a late to fix. So putting more money to burn is not going to solve it. So take all this into consideration. Okay. Um, good. So let's see another question from Hamza on live. So what PP strategy you will pay for a newly launched product? So for a newly launched product, uh, what I will definitely advise you to do is that at the beginning, you want to focus on everything that has to do with sales velocity, right? You're going to get as many sales as possible uh, to basically start positioning your product organically because the reality is that long-term, if you don't position your product correctly and you rely just on PPC campaigns, you're going to struggle. So one strategy that we recommend a lot when it comes to launch strategy is you want to launch a exact match campaigns for the main a keywords that basically reflect your product, right? And, and you want to have different sets of campaigns. Usually we target what we call a, the very niche keywords, which are usually the, the most expensive. We still, we know that most likely you're not going to convert as high as once you start getting, you know, uh, more reviews and all of that and conversion things that are going to help you with sales. But still, we want to target them because, again, sometimes it's good to uh, get sales on the skill even if it's not profitable because it's all about the sales velocity. So you want to identify the skill. You want to do exact match campaigns on the skill, usually maximum three keywords per campaign. And you want to try on the first month or so, try to control as much as possible top placement. However, you may ask, okay, I'm going to be top placement, I'm not going to convert. But what we do is that when we do top placement on those keywords, we try to go very aggressive with coupons, sometimes 60% coupons. I know 
you're gonna be losing for sure money on on those sales. But the purpose of this is to replace what most people used to do at the beginning, like rebate launches or things like that. And um, coupons now, the good thing is that first of all, it's gonna allow you to increase significantly your conversion rate. It's gonna allow you to bypass that uh, basic stigma that people may have of purchasing your product because you have no reviews. But when you show them sixty percent and you have amazing images, amazing copy, you know that friction starts to get removed so combine excel match with that and then i will do that just for the initial two three weeks after you start getting some sales then i will start my exploratory campaigns i wouldn't sell my phrase broad and automatic on the first day because amazon doesn't have any data about your product so most likely it's going to find a lot of things that are not relevant so i'd rather let it run with very specific keywords except much of what my product is and what are the keywords i want to target and once amazon has some data in the back end okay this is the product that in the last two weeks, three weeks ago, search through this keyword. Once you start running phrase broad and automatic, most likely you're gonna get a better results. And then for sure you start adding things such as video campaigns, uh, which usually that's the first step I do outside of sponsored product because I don't want to start doing sponsored brands too soon if you don't really have a catalog of product or you don't have a brand that really is strong outside of Amazon. And then for sure, once you start getting a more solid base with sponsored products and you also start testing sponsor brands, something I will definitely explore is sponsor display. It has very strong power when it comes to retargeting and things like that, which I have mentioned in previous videos, okay? Awesome, so um, let's see uh, which other question we have in here. How to increase price without losing the buy box? Yeah, so this one is very common, the buy box issue. So usually this happens because you increase the price too high in compared to the history of what the price has been selling in the past. And it, it, it all also can happen uh, when sometimes uh, you don't have defined what we call the minimum maximum pricing. Usually that's the number one reason. Uh, and that also allows you to avoid making big jumps if you already understand what is your minimum max pricing based on history and you know okay my max and minimum is twenty dollars and fifty is my max i'm selling 30. i know as long as i keep between this band that I have defined the beginning of creating the listing most likely you shouldn't be issues with the buy box so the way you define the minimum max boundaries is going by your inventory tab then you should add an extra columns on the basically adjustments of the account and it allows you to add the minimum max pricing columns so where you can add this extra uh, basically uh, fields for your product that allow you to control the buy box issue okay good uh, let's see which other question we've got in here okay we search a display campaign how many base back do you recommend retargeting okay this actually interesting question now that uh, this question came up it actually goes back to what i was saying Hansa that basically sponsor displays, uh, once you start generating enough data in terms of uh, sales and the price being in the market uh, for a while now, sponsor campaigns can allow you to do retargeting, right? Now, when it comes to retargeting, you're gonna see that basically uh, on the retargeting level, you're gonna be able to to target people at different uh, different times. So usually have the 30 day window, the 60 day window or so on. Usually what I like to do, and this for us is based uh, on our findings and what we have found uh, based on results and all of that, is that 30 days usually is the best. So the reason why 30 days uh, for us usually has um, has provided with the, with the best compared to 60, 90, 180 and all that is because usually longer than 30 days difficult to, you know, it's difficult to, to convince a person to come back and make a purchase, right? 
However, there's an exemption now. I want to actually correct myself. If your product, let's say those exceptions that everybody, you need to buy every 60 days, 90 days, things very niche like that, uh, maybe supplements that last 60 days or things like that, then you want to use those time windows. But usually 14, 30 days is more than enough. And I like to use this a lot, for example, on products that, uh, that are similar uh, to my advertised product or related products. Um, and usually I like to do this, for example, with supplement brands that we manage. We've been using this retargeting a lot and it's working great. I mean, the retargeting, especially if we know that the pack lasts 14 days and we do the 14 days, it retarget 30 days of uh, basically uh, customers that have purchased from us in the past. You can also filter based on that. Uh, it helps a lot. So I think sponsor display, if you have this type of product, work a lot with retargeting. Uh, you can def it can be very powerful because you need to understand that it's basically like a, a, a mini version of Amazon DSP. And if it's the typical product that you need to report just every couple of days, um, or sometimes you could even do it if it's a one-time purchase because sometimes what you could do is you can retarget people who have seen similar advertised products. Let's say you're running right now on, on, at a, on, on Prime Day, right? Uh, something like that, you're running traffic and you're selling, let's say, I'm going to put right now an example on electronic. What you could do is you basically um, could um, try to add a, you could try to retarget the people that saw your product in the last 30 days and even including the prime day window. Now, why would you want to do that? Because maybe somebody saw the advertised product but didn't make the decision to buy it. Uh, and you would especially want to do this is let's say in 30 days for some reason you had a 20% discount in Prime Day and in 30 days, uh, which is going to start getting closer to Black Friday and all of that, you decide to do another 20% if they saw your product in the first place because there was some kind of interest there in the first place. So you might retarget them and with them back in the second event or the second time you put the promotion up. So things like that, guys. I mean, it can be so extensive, this topic in terms of retargeting, but those are some simple examples you can start implementing with sponsored display cameras, okay? Awesome. Um, let's see which other questions we got in here. Um, next question. Can I send multiple type of products under the same, same brand? Okay. Yes, I mean, you can sell multiple type of products on the same brand. Uh, usually, uh, I will try to avoid that. Uh, and I want to also make the assumption that when you say multiple type of products, like you're selling uh, products for sports and then you're selling makeup. They don't relate. So why that is an issue? Because then uh, once you start expanding your advertising strategies, like doing for example, things uh, that have to do with uh, more branding awareness, like you start doing retargeting things, you start doing Amazon posts, you start doing Amazon lives, you start doing Amazon influencer. You have different type of avatar competing between your choices in terms of strategy, because you don't know what type of influencer to choose, what type of avatar, how to communicate your tonality, because you have different type of clients. It can get confusing down the line. So that's why we try to avoid that and make sure a brand is just focused around a specific niche. It's gonna make your life much more easier. But again, if you want to sell different type of products that maybe they relate between each other, like it would make sense, for example, if you tell me you are selling, um, let me think, uh, you are selling, let's say, um, clothing for yoga, right? And then you also sell like accessories for yoga. 
uh, and then you also sell um, uh, things for uh, for example that are, are good for having a, a, a good like um, uh, like for food you know good alimentation how you eat maybe even books or things like that i mean that that would make sense because maybe somebody that does yoga would like to have a, a good a healthy lifestyle when it comes to cooking and food so maybe that could be something you can mix around but again those are very specific situations most of the time if i'm selling just sports things just sports if i'm selling just things for office supplies office supplies so you want to keep it very targeted because it's going to make your life much more easier when, once you start scaling your brand and also in branding perspectives okay awesome so i think that it would be everything for today um thank you very much for everybody sending these questions i always try to cover as many as possible every single quest uh, session i still have a lot to cover that i have here pending i'm gonna make sure to cover the next um session as well and if something from the those people that send the question today if something is not clear make sure to leave it down in the comments so i can uh, basically elaborate more for you also, I would like to point out that uh, we've been actually releasing our blogs lately, a lot of blogs, you know, website. And actually, we, uh, based on our analytics, uh, people has been enjoying them a lot. I mean, we're getting a lot of traction organically and also from people discovering them uh, through our social media channels once we announce them. So, for example, just to give you a couple of last blogs we did. So, last blog last week was how to better manage your inventory for once Q4 hits amazing blog uh, the blog before that was the best kept secrets for improving ranking in amazon 2022 uh, and the blog before that for example was how to understand your uh, amazon customer and win them over right so how to bring them within your brand and things like that so this is just one of the few blogs we've been releasing i mean there are many more around ppc um, agency like how to choose the best agency the best tips uh, uh, how to find the best product so check them out just go to amazon.com uh, blog so actually i'm gonna make sure to put uh, the link down in the description if you go to amazon actually amazon.com blog no <laughs> it will be to a website it comes if you go to a company and then you go to resources then you're gonna go to where it's a blog and then in there you're gonna be able to see all the blogs we've done in the past we have over 20 blogs plus uh, and many more to come so definitely check it out and that's it for today a uh, one last thing um please do remember to also check all the content we put on youtube channel uh, for example yesterday i had a uh, ryan uh, Kramer um and he's an amazing guy with everything that has to do with basically expanding um globally uh, he's actually um part of the team from um frisbee and they did with everything that has to do with basically helping with shipping expand expansion to our countries and things like that so i will say 100 check that episode uh, and then don't forget to turn on to all the sessions we keep doing on Tuesday. So I'm going to make sure this is uh, uh, happening every single week as, as before this brief stop we had in the last two weeks. And uh, yes, that's it, guys. So thank you very much for all the support, all the nice comments I always get. I appreciate it. And don't forget to like, share, and subscribe. And uh, have an amazing rest of the week. Enjoy the remaining days of Prime Days. Uh, so hopefully you get a lot of sales for your product um, and that's it guys. So until the next one, take care, bye-bye. Thanks for listening to The E-Commerce Lab by Ecomc. Be sure to subscribe so you don't miss an episode. 
While you are at it, we would appreciate it if you could leave an honest rating and review on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen. That will make it easier for others to find out about the show and benefit from it. Want more? Visit our website at www.ecomc.com where you can get your first consultation for free. Or find us on Instagram, Facebook, and LinkedIn at ecomc.com.